1: are you now well your Montreal Canadiens lose seven to two to the slumping Buffalo Sabres wow hello and welcome to episode um what is it episode 19 it's episode 19 let me double check that real quick are we already on we are we are on episode 19 of the bottom six minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize I am Matt Drake and I am a little under the weather today um, so this might be shorter than, than recent episodes. Um, let's face it, 7-2 to loss. Uh, real ugly one for the Montreal Canadiens. Let's get right into the recap, try to get that out of the way so I can get some thoughts on the game afterwards. I mean, it was a lot like the fucking Flyers game, wasn't it? Rasmus Dahlin jumps into the rush. First shot on goal for the Buffalo Sabres, and it's in. It's one nothing. And then, still in the first minute of play. Still in the first goddamn minute of play they get it and i'm thinking another one jj paterka takes a shot jake allen can't handle it dylan cousins is banging away at the side of the net he puts it in makes it two nothing we're still less than a minute in michael pizzetta then takes a boarding penalty about two minutes into the period alex tuck beats allen from the top of the circle and is three nothing not even three minutes into the game and five shots for the sabers to get three goals not jake allen's night but he stays in the net and then the Habs show a little bit of life. They get into the offensive zone. They get a little bit of time in there. Uh, eventually works over to Cole Caulfield. Clapper from up near the point gets it through. 28 goals to go. The countdown continues and it's 3-1. to one. That's our score at the end of 20 minutes. 15-9 were the shots in favor of the Habs. A little bit of score effect going on there, but fuck. You, you would have expected them to be doing a little bit better than down 3-1 at the end of that period. Second period, a little bit less active, at least on the goal front early on, which is probably good news for the Habs. But, of course, the Habs not doing super well in that period. <clears throat> About midway through the period, uh, they managed to kill off a penalty. But, Tage Thompson, uh, really pretty play. Uh, he takes a puck, goes around like he's going behind the net, and then throws it out front to Jeff Skinner. He puts it in, makes it 4-1 to one for the Sabres. By now, the shots are 18-all. So, we're tied up in the shot front. Uh, Habs still kicking, though. Sean Monaghan gets the puck in the middle. Uh, he's got four or five, at least four sabers around him, closer to him than any of his teammates. So he just puts it on net, skates around the defender, takes the rebound, puts it in, makes it four to two. The Habs have life. Can they make a comeback in the third period? They cannot. Henry Yokiharju scores. And then Tage Thompson scores in the first seven minutes of the period. Now it's 6-2. I'll be completely honest with you guys. I had to go pick up my girlfriend from work, so I missed the first six minutes or so of the period. Uh, I guess lucky for me because we had two goals for the Sabres to make it 6-2. to two. And I got back just in time to see the Habs get their sixth power play of the game and take a wild guess what they didn't do. Yeah, you got it. Score. Score is what they didn't do. Um, big whiff big whiff on the power play for them in that game and then jeff skinner you know (laughs) later on in the period buffalo gets a power play opportunity and he shows them how it's done puts it in nice shot top cheese Uh, makes it seven to two and that's your final what the hell happened there folks well let's start with something positive right your silver lining of the night Uh, i can give you a couple of silver linings to that one number one cole caulfield keeps on trucking man that guy can score from everywhere um, he had a few other opportunities in the game as well. He could have had uh, a hat-trick if the puck was rolling right for him. But, you know, number one, power play was rough. More on that in a little bit. And number two, you know, y- y- you're not going to score a hat-trick every night. It's the NHL. Yeah, you got to be one hell of a shooter. He's, he is one hell of a shooter, but you, you got to be an epic level shooter to, to cash in on all of your chances all the time. It just doesn't happen. Missed the net a few times, hit the post a couple of times, uh, got stopped a couple of times. I mean, again, I really like what I saw from him. And the countdown continues 28 to go. He's going to hit 40 this year, folks. Book it. Um, Another silver lining, if you will, is once again, they didn't quit per se after going down early in a game. Now, there's a caveat to that and that they looked like shit in the second and big time shit in the third period. But they go down three goals in the first three minutes and they, they fought back into the thing. I mean, they had it four two at one point it was within reach. So as much as I want to bash them for how they looked in the second and the third period, um, I, I respect that despite giving up three goals that quickly in a game they didn't let it turn into a 9-1 laugher. You know, they they kind of tried to battle back into that one. Um, I, I feel like last year, if you had that exact same game last year, it might end 10-0. It might. Um, they're not doing that anymore, at least. So I guess that's a silver lining if you want it to be one. Um, and then the third silver lining is Uri Slovkovsky finally got to play up in the lineup. Uh, Mike Hoffman injured and out. Um, who knew they were going to miss Mike Hoffman that much? Um but the, the the opportunity that opens up is for Uri Slavkovsky to step up in the lineup, and I thought he looked actually quite good in, in swaths of that game, um, playing up on essentially the second line for the Habs. I'm gonna have to go and double check. Once again, I'm gonna go to Natural Stat Trick while I'm talking, and we're gonna see if I can find out, you know, what was their usage like in that game. I'm not necessarily gonna look at the stats because I don't think anybody's stats are very good in that game. Um, I, I'm operating mostly on the eye test here. I saw some good things from him. I saw him take it to the middle a few times, um, looking strong, looking, looking like the type of player that we wanted to go out and get with the first overall draft pick. Um, it was, you know, I felt like an encouraging game from him uh, to see him high up in the lineup like that. And um, I stand somewhat, no, I don't stand corrected. That was basically the second line. They had the second most time on ice. At even strength, so basically, they were used the second most behind Doc, Suzuki, and Caulfield. Um, and, and again, I, I thought he looked okay there. Um, don't look at the stats, don't look at this. St- if you're analytically minded, you're not gonna like what you see. Um, definitely, the advanced statistics don't favor that line, but there were some things that he did that I thought were good. I thought his, his board play looked better. Um, I I think it it almost looks like he knows where he's at on the ice a little bit more. I mean, we talked about it the other day on the Absent-Minded podcast. I would send him to the World Juniors. Um, I don't think there's any benefit to holding him back. Like, you're not challenging for a playoff spot right now. If you were in a dead heat with Boston for first in the division, I could see you hanging on to him and being like, no, we need all the bodies we can get. Right now, let him go. Let him go. But... At the very least, I would say that what he was able to do it warrants a little bit more exploration. As long as Mike Hoffman's not healthy, uh, I would keep letting him have that spot and see if they can't develop something a little bit better. Maybe make an adjustment or two to it. I mean, I'm not sure if Dvorak and Gallagher are the right guys for him. Like, maybe you could switch it up. Maybe you could put him with Monaghan and dadanov try that out move anderson onto the dvorak and gallagher line i don't know all i'm saying is keep giving your s the minutes um i I think he's gonna thrive the more that he can get those minutes and it was good to see but those three silver linings again i'm reaching for a couple of them to be honest um eh, wait one more silver lining sean monahan scored he's gonna be worth a first round pick at the deadline Plain and simple. I'm sorry. Somebody's going to pay a first-round pick for him, and they already got a first-round pick for him from Calgary just for taking that contract, too. So brilliant move by Kent Hughes. Brilliant. Sean Monaghan, loving it. Loving what he's bringing out there. Um, But Okay, so I had two that were pretty valid and two that were a bit of a reach. Um, Everything else in that game sucked. It sucked ass. Uh, The power play. They went 0 for 6 on the power play. Now, obviously, you lost 7 to 2. And you're not going to go six for six on the power play, but if you did, you would have won eight seven. You would have had a heck of an entertaining game there. Even if you score on half of your power play attempts, I mean, most of the power plays came in like the first and the second period. You would have had at the very least a closer game. You change the whole complexion of that game. You maybe have a chance to to actually come back from that three nothing early deficit and beat them. I mean, they even had a four on three at one point in the second period. Like, there was, uh, who was it? It was, I think Evans got in a fight with, or not even really a fight, got in a scuffle with Skinner. And then Darlene took a penalty for hooking uh, Caden Gooley. And all of a sudden, they got four on three. And it's like, oh, man, you got to score on this. Nope, they sucked. Terrible. I don't know what needs to be done. Um, I, I honestly wonder if Alex Burrows needs to go as a coach. He's responsible for the power play. Is he not? If he's not, somebody correct me on that because as far as I know, he's the one. Like he's the guy when they take a timeout. He's the one with the clipboard, showing them what plays they're going to run. Marty's kind of overseeing everything. I don't think he's got his hands necessarily too much on that power play, but I'll tell you, everything that they're doing right now, not working. You can't go zero for six in a game like that. Um, I, I I'd probably bite my tongue and not say anything about it if they at least got two goals. You know, go two for six. I'll probably shut up. Even one. Maybe I, I wouldn't be sitting here complaining about it, but it was absolutely brutal. And, you know, as much as it doesn't matter if you lose games this season, it's going to matter if you're losing games, you know, next season, the year after. And your power play is a big reason for that. The power play was a significant reason why they lost this game. Of course, yeah, going down 3 nothing in the first three minutes, <laughs> that's, a, that's a problem. But being 0-6 in the power play thereafter is a bigger problem. All of their power plays came after they were already down 3 nothing, and they got a goal back. And then you, you can't even allow that momentum to carry into your power play and, and, and get you a couple of goals and make it a competitive game. I don't give a shit if you lose. I've said it many times. I'm looking for entertainment this season. That wasn't entertaining. That power play specifically was a drag to watch every time it went on the ice. Um, terrible. Terrible. They have to address that. Um, because again, it doesn't matter if you lose games this year. But you need to build something. You need to have a power play. By the time you're ready to compete, they can actually win you games. Because those opportunities are big. And, and good teams, teams that win championships, they have power plays that can hurt you. That's all I got to say about that. Um, and then the other thing. <laughs> they decided to sit Arbor Jacki and Johnny Kovacevic. Um, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I think, number one. I've said it before. I'll say it again. David Savard needs to sit a couple of games. I don't care how much money he makes, and I don't care how much people like him. I know it was an unpopular take for me to say last time I said it, but I'm saying it again. I'm doubling down. He needs to sit. He hasn't been good. If you think he's been good because he blocks shots, I I got news for you. Sometimes he blocks shots. Sometimes you're screening the goalie when you try to block block shots, and that happened to him uh, on, what, the third goal for the Sabres? I think it was the third goal. He goes down and try to block it doesn't block it and he ends up just being a big screen for his goalie the, the much more preferable thing to do is to suppress shots to take them away not just to try and block them because guess what that puck moves pretty quick you could be the biggest dude on the planet you know you're not guaranteed that it's going to hit you if you're going down blocking shots all the time what's the one thing that you need to not have in order to block a shot the puck and that's my problem with David Savar, is that he's not enough of a catalyst on possession. So I would sit him for a couple of games. I'm not saying put him on fucking waivers. All right. So anybody who's a fan of his who's listening to this, if you like David Savar, I'm not saying just get rid of him for nothing. I'm saying he needs to sit a couple of games. We need to see what we got with other players. And the other one is Joel Edmondson. I think he needs to sit a couple of games, too. Like, why, why are we sitting Jack Eye and Kovacevic? Kovacevic looked pretty good in most games. He's had some bad games too. But I think he's looked like a player that's, that's worth keeping. Didn't, didn't they tell him recently to go and find himself a place in Montreal? What's he doing on the shelf? Right? Jack Eye, Again, not great at suppressing high danger chances. But I think he has better possession numbers than Savard. I'd have to double check that. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. I could be talking out of my ass right now. But I'd rather see him either way. Right, Savard. We know what he is. We know what he can do. Jacki, we're still learning what he is and what he can do. He's still learning what he is and what he can do. That's more interesting to me than seeing David Savard try to block a bunch of shots and watch the team lose seven to two. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. The other one, Mike Matheson. Rough start for him. That was a very rough game. At one point, he was on the power play and in the same shift, he has the puck in the offensive zone, gets stripped by Tage Thompson. He goes back, gets it back, skates it, holds onto the puck way too long and tries to take it into the offensive zone. And by that time, guess who comes back, finds him again and strips the puck from him again? Tage fucking Thompson. Um, I don't think Mike Matheson did anything to deserve being put immediately on your power play. He's been on the shelf for a while. Like he, Maybe he needed a conditioning stint before he even comes up and plays with the Habs. I don't know. But I wouldn't have him on the power play. I, I think you need to go back to... Some of the youngsters that you had. So there's three older defensemen that I think could do with maybe sitting a game or two and, you know, bring the young young guys back in and give them a shot of the power play. Who knows? Maybe they can help kickstart it. I mean, we've seen good things from Arbor Jacka offensively this year. I would give him time on the power play. I would give Caden Gooley time on the power play. I would give Jordan Harris more time on the power play. Why are we not focusing on trying to get these young guys ready to run the show? When when the time comes, I I think that's important. I don't know. Just overall shit game, shit game, shitty way to you know have your Tuesday night go Tuesday. But anyways, um, I'm gonna stop talking about that game before I get depressed. Um, And I'm under the weather, so we're gonna cut this one off now. We got another game tomorrow night uh, against the Blue Jackets. So the Habs got travel. (laughs) The Habs have travel. On top of having a back-to-back, so tonight or tomorrow night could be ugly too. And maybe, just maybe, what I suggested—bringing those youngsters in and taking out some of the veterans—it might happen. Um, I think it's logical with travel and a back-to-back to do that. Um, we'll see what they decide to do. And uh, I'll be back with another episode tomorrow night to talk about it. So, what are we running? We're running uh, about 16 minutes. So, c'est encore and grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, folks, 28 more Cole Caulfield goals to go. The countdown continues, hopefully. À la prochaine.